What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. Uh, it's been a minute since I recorded, so I'm pretty excited. <laughs> uh, it's been a weird few weeks. I, I was in Texas um, looking at you know places to live because we're planning on relocating. Looks like there will be a plot twist there. Um, we may be staying put for a while, but either way, I was uh, I was on leave for a few weeks for a house hunting, job hunting before retirement. And, did a ton of stuff around the house. My parents were in town for that, helping me get the house ready to sell that we're now not going to sell. It looks like maybe, uh, <laughs> and then, and then, uh, Texas trip. So now I'm back and I'm getting spun back up finally. Um, and, uh, the perfect catalyst for the spin, the yarn was a listener reached out with a pretty complex problem. Um, and I'll do my, I, I don't want to provide too much detail. So I'm going to kind of sanitize it of, uh, some details to you know so that i'm not i don't want to shine a light on any command or individual um to make it any more difficult than it already is but uh the gist of it is basically um so like the frame it in uh workplace is having a manning issue and uh a climate issue and i'll leave it at that there's some more complexity and detail to it but it's a pretty uh it's a pretty difficult climate uh, and I think a, a, a significant portion of it, uh, albeit not all of it, is the the Manning level. Um, and I'll get into, and I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on that being one of the reasons it's become acute for certain people uh, in the way that things have been unfolding. But basically, uh, somebody reached out to me that was an LPO uh, that's now transferring and uh, is trying to kind of help some of the sailors that are left behind in similar positions with the workload, um, which it sounds like is extreme because of what I perceive to be a a pretty extreme manning issue that it looks like there's uh, relief in sight um, that, but they're not there yet. It's like some billets have been gapped or whatever. Maybe there were some unplanned losses, but they're in this position where um, there's some, LPOs that are are struggling to keep up with the workload and and even just like you know second class workers sounds like everybody's having a hard time and that stress also appears to go further up and and I'll get to that but um, the situation that I was presented with is just this this outbounds uh, LPO uh, wants to help the junior sailors and uh, apparently was was doing a pretty good job in that position. Um, kind of making sure everybody had what they needed and and being a buffer between the upper chain of command and the juniors and, and making sure communication's flowing the right way and that, you know, they're in as lit, uh, mitigating as much pain and, <laughs> and discomfort as possible. But um, it sounds like with the, the Manning issue combined with the climate, combined with uh, maybe the shedding of some senior personnel that figured out how to juggle all those flaming chainsaws uh, over a period of time has created a, a kind of a perfect storm. Like you got new personnel in these position, positions trying to learn how to do it. Oh, by the way, they have to pick up the slack from the Manning gap. Um, and I can tell you from experience when this happens, you get in this like perfect storm scenario where it's like what's feeding what (laughs) you know like is the manning issue feeding the negative climate which is feeding discontent and inability to keep up with workload and then the manning's feeding that as well and it's just like this negative feedback loop that is is rapidly snowballing um and and that doesn't not affect people wearing khakis to work right everybody's got a boss and what you find is so like let's say we've got a really junior lpo right like a a a junior first class or a second class that's thrust in the position either because it's time in their progression or because there's no one else we got a manning problem and i need somebody as an lpo a lot of times that happens and you've got lpos that are also doing worker bee things and then like it starts to pull senior personnel in more into the weeds right like the the bigger gaps you have the more you get like i have like a second class or a junior first class lpo that's also standing junior watches to plug gaps or doing other work to plug gaps or trying to juggle a bunch of command collateral duties and all this other crap 
uh, to plug gaps and or, you know, they still want to progress in their career and get good evals and all this other stuff. And like these programs are required, right? We look at co- collateral duties and any other tertiary responsibilities as like nice to haves and eval bullets. But there's a OpNav instruction or a Bupers instruction or a NAV admin or something somewhere that is mandating that this program take place and says, you know, like the CO is responsible for making sure the program is implemented. And part of the implementation is you have to have a coordinator, you have to have representatives, you have to have whatever meetings like who, who knows, depending on the program. Um, so you when, when you're in a manning gap like this and you have a bunch of other negative things going on and it's like chicken or the egg, who knows? But uh, you, you see senior personnel start to get pulled into the weeds. So that's problem number one, right? Everybody's running around playing Dutch boy, trying to plug gaps. And it's like you, you plug one gap and two more spring up because nothing is getting constant attention. So you're really just deciding where the limited attention span and and resources like man hours that you have from the personnel that you have are going to be devoted. Um, and inevitably, something has to suffer. So the first kind of piece of advice um, that I would offer uh, is prioritize and execute. It's a Jocko Willink thing. Uh, if you're not familiar with extreme ownership and all the other stuff, he's got a podcast that's really famous and all those. Just go check it all out. It's all pretty great. But um, the book, Extreme Ownership, is my favorite by far. And he talks about as just one of his... Uh, rules of engagement or whatever he calls them. He's got a bunch of tenants and one of them is prioritize and execute. And before I even ever read the book, um, I tell a story about when I was a brand new chief, I took over a really screwed up division and we were having a manning problem as well. Um, I only had brand new personnel, so I had to teach them all how to do their jobs. I didn't have anybody that was experienced. So I had to plug all get all these gaps. I was doing a lot of things as the chief that I shouldn't have been. Uh, had my hands on a lot of things that I shouldn't have had them on, but it was, I felt at the time it was out of necessity, but I also kind of did like a program audit of everything. Um, and I sat down to lunch one day at the, uh, on submarines. We don't have like a chief's mess. We have a chief's table. Uh, so I sat down at the chief's table with all the other chiefs and, and I'm this brand new boot chief. And on the, I was, this was the special project submarine. So, uh, it was a very senior mess. So I sit down and there's a bunch of like, you know, crusty chiefs and senior chiefs sitting at the table. And this one dude, I'll never forget. I sit down next to him and he just looks at me and he can see on my face that I have this just look of um, confusion of like being overwhelmed. Like there's clearly I'm clearly in distress of some kind. And he and he said, hey, what's wrong, man? And I just looked at him and I said, what do you do? when everything's broken and he just looked at me and he goes make a list prioritize it in order and just do one thing at a time pretty soon you're going to look around and everything's going to be fixed and it's like you know like every it's nothing's ever going to be perfect but you're going to get through your list eventually and during the time you're getting through your list, yes, other problems are going to prevent themselves. Other things are going to spring leaks, which is why, you know, they can continually audit, continually assess. But it was basically the and the key to the, the key to this, especially when you're dealing with a manning gap, like with a deficiency, trying to get everything done as if you are two or three people or as if you, you oh, I'm just going to throw the, the workload of these gapped billets on my back and just carry it all. It's never going to happen. I, I went through a large portion of my career just convinced I was built different. And I did I have a great work ethic? Yes. Did, did I have a large work capacity? Yes. I was willing to go as long and hard as I possibly could and stay late and show up early and do like all the things multitask like all the things I could possibly do to be like efficiently using my time multitasking um, creating efficiencies with processes and programs and functions and whatever doing everything I can and I just had this mentality of like no one will ever outwork me however I found myself in more than one position where it's like there's just not enough hours in the day there's just not when you have a manning gap, like when I was an instructor, 
we were habitually banned at around 70 to 75 percent it something's going to fall off the plate it just is and especially if i i'm going to maintain any quality of life for any of my junior sailors like it just you're going to sacrifice some things and that's where the the prioritized piece of prioritizing execute becomes so important when you're in a leadership role especially like so in, in this case we're talking about a junior lpo or junior lpos like it sounds like there there's probably a bunch of people that are plugged into these roles and it's new or maybe it's even premature um and they're they're struggling to kind of figure out how to tread water and oh by the way they're probably carrying a whole bunch of other duties they wouldn't be if they were fully manned in, and they were in that LPO position, right? So the prioritized piece, it becomes very important, but so does like the power of the word no, right? And and here's what I mean by that. Prioritizing all of the tasks is is a thing that has it it it's gonna it's gotta come first and it's gotta be realistic, right? There are things that are important for real and there are things that are important because um somebody has a warped idea of what the actual mission priorities are and what has to be done today what has to be done this week what has to be done this month and what just it, like it's a mandated program requirement but like who actually cares like verifying your NFAS. does it have a valid function in the military sure is it something that i'm ever going to be on fire about no not really um, you know, like it's it's a thing that, yeah, we need to do, but it's always unless there's a hurricane inbound or something like it's always going to be one of those things that it's not a problem till it's a problem until like until we live in this perfect utopia where everybody's fully manned and all those things can just function. Because if you're if you're functioning in this utopian world where we're all fully manned, then I have all the people and all the hands and all the bandwidth to assign all these tasks to people without giving them more than they can handle. And all I have to do is do the simple arithmetic of, you know, like you're responsible for this program. These are the requirements. Are they being met? Yes or no. If no, why? And then usually because you have the bandwidth, because we're fully manned, it's there's a deficiency of some kind. Maybe you require training. Maybe you, you know, like need some help with something that you didn't understand or whatever. Right. It's very simple things to either remediate or train on or manage. But in this case, prioritizing these tasks that you have that are probably far more than you could ever handle uh, even working extended hours, uh, like it's far more than you could ever get done, right? You just kind of first have to accept the minor defeat of the list is never going to end. I used to have like I carry, you know, everybody's got a pocket brain. Like I have this like zip up planner book thing. It's got like a, a notepad in it and I would write my little work lists every day and I would put asterisks next to like, oh, my God, this has to get done today. Um, and then I'd like, well, I could get this thing started. Um, and then some other stuff if I have time and then whatever I didn't get done, I, I had prioritized my list. So the stuff that's got to be done today, got done today, uh, or we didn't go home. <laughs> and then the other stuff, it's like, maybe we got it started. Maybe we got it started and finished. Uh, maybe we didn't touch any of it and we only got done the, the bare minimum required things that I, I just had to get done today. Um, and then I just roll over the list and then decide, OK, does it absolutely have to get done today? Does it have to like it's the next closest alligator to the boat after the stuff that actually has to get done today and so on. Right. And then I had like long term planners, right, where I, I projected things out as far as I possibly could. And I would just kind of like move some of that into like my short term planning and move some of that into my daily work list. Um, but it took me a while to to realize like. I can't get everything all done in one day. My first chief store, I stayed way later than I should have all the time. I did a little bit at the A school too. Um, some of it was a little more, uh, I knew there was just a bunch of stuff that needed to get fixed. And once it was fixed, that it wouldn't be a problem anymore. It was more just doing a lot of heavy lifting on, on fixing programs and just remediating and training and whatever. But um, it couldn't all get done in one day. It never can. So accept the minor defeat or just just <laughs> arrive at acceptance that the work list is never going to end. It's perpetual. 
it's in infinite, right? Like the Navy and the Department of Defense and your the nation you love will constantly, inevitably, and in perpetuity repopulate that work list for you no matter what. So you make the work list of the things that absolutely need to get done, right? And then you prioritize that list and then you start executing on those tasks in order of priority. Can you work in parallel? Sure. Can you uh, maybe like farm some stuff out? Sure. Uh, delegate as much as you can. Great. Um, but do them in order of priority. And so that pri- that how you define the priority, a lot of times the, the main thing that motivates that is uh, that any time constraints that you have, um, but also, you know, like reporting or just to, you know, it has to be. I don't know, like there's all kinds of things that can feed into like what's dictating that priority, especially and a lot of times in a junior LPO position, a lot of that priority is going to be dictated by higher ups. Right. So you prioritize that list in in the order that it needs to be prioritized and considering all those things and start executing. What does that mean? It means the, the most important things are going to get done. Generally, that means that the most important things are going to also align with what these senior people are telling you is the important things because some and sometimes it won't right sometimes you're going to understand the definition of what the priority needs to be um and it may not align with what the upper chain of command uh thinks it is and we'll i'll get to that later but uh just understand that 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 can and will happen and that's when you're discussing it with chief and the upper chain of command and and trying to by uh, a minor conflict and discussion, you're kind of trying to align your priorities with theirs um, and hope they understand. And sometimes they won't. And, I, and I'll get to that at the end. But um, but then you start going through that list. It What it also means is the things that are lower down on the priority list, like there's going to be a lot of things that either you're putting there um, as like a thing that you think needs to get done. And that's when you when you do prioritization right those things will be at the bottom of the list unless it's serving the function of making uh high pry things that happen consistently easier to accomplish and faster to accomplish so that it frees up bandwidth for you to devote to other things and then take some of the burden off of you uh in this situation that you're in right but um what it also does is inevitably some of the stuff at the bottom of your list just isn't going to get done. Sometimes like there were plenty of projects that I would have on my work list and especially like my long term, like like I'd have things where it'd be, I mean, like, man, it'd be really nice if we had a better piece of equipment or added this functionality or painted this thing or whatever. Right. It, it, if the if the if everything's still going to function and we can still do our jobs, if I don't have that piece of equipment or if I don't paint that thing, it's a nice to have, right? And yeah, it sure would be nice if I had that Gucci piece of equipment or if I, it would look nicer here and and present maybe a better, um, I don't know, like out, <laughs> outward appearance or, or pr- be a better presentation of what we do if like I painted the thing or we spruced this up a bit or, or whatever. Um, but it's not it, it's not mandatory for me to get the mission done. And that's kind of you, you need to based on your instructions and policies and guidance from upper chain of command and timeline and all those things. You build kind of a, a formula for differentiating. Right. You got to run every task on your list through that filter of is this a need or a, a want? Right. Is this an is something I absolutely have to do? Or is this something I just want to do? And if I want to do it, why do I want to do it? Is it because it's going to facilitate getting needs done? Or is it just something that's kind of like nice to have, right? If like if you do that and you do that effectively, you're going to see some stuff kind of fall to the bottom of your list and that's okay. And based on the nature of what we do for a living and the environment that these people specifically find themselves in of, of there being a manning gap and a climate issue and whatever else is going on there that's making their jobs more difficult, right? Like the being new and not knowing how to navigate this environment and not ever having led before in this capacity and all these other things like you're learning on the job, you're figuring it out, you're making a bunch of mistakes, you're inevitably slower and less efficient than a more experienced LPO would be. Right. 
So there's a lot of efficiency that will be gained through experience and knowledge, but there's also a lot of efficiency that can and should be gained by you prioritizing everything that you have to do effectively and being okay with one, the list never ending because it won't, and two, stuff just not happening. Um, There will be things on your list that don't get done, all right? So now let's split that up. So the don't get done list, right? Like the things that are going to fall off your list. The nice to haves that I was defining earlier, like painting a thing that's, you know, whatever, if it gets painted or not, like it's just a nice to have or, um, you know, the Gucci piece of equipment that would it would maybe it'll make a thing easier, but we don't really need it. Those things. um they can fall off the list without any kind of repercussion if they're truly just a want that is put on your list by you, dictated by you and your juniors. It's just like we we would really like this thing. It would look really look nicer if that thing was painted, right? It becomes a whole different conversation if those things are being dictated to you. It doesn't mean it's a need, right? It doesn't change the impact on the mission, right? The mission's still going to get done if that thing's not painted or if you don't have the Gucci piece of equipment. However, if chief says or if Divo says or if department head says thou shalt paint this thing before we get underway on deployment or before the inspection team gets on board or whatever, it becomes a different thing. It's a different conversation. Doesn't make it any more necessary to the mission however there's a a different type of urgency and it will affect how you prioritize it but this is where you kind of arrive at that uh low level conflicts (laughs) slash um reprioritization mechanism right when you arrive at those types of things on your on your prioritization of tasks right when you're saying look this is i don't need to do this i don't have time or resources to do this right now and I could devote that time to other things and still have a healthy relationship with Liberty and whoever loves me outside of work and and maybe like doing things with your time, like fitness, school, whatever that you want to do. Right. Um, you have to go have a conversation with whoever, whoever is making that a priority for you. Right. Whoever is assigning uh, like the sense of urgency, whether it's an undue sense of urgency or not, uh, you have to go to that person and have that conversation and just say, look, we are where we are. I, I don't have enough people. Uh, and, and there's a lot a, a lot of ways to frame these types of conversations and um, do an analysis on the con- on the person you're having this conversation with. Um, how are they going to receive you presenting it in a certain type of way? If you don't know, go talk to somebody that that kind of does know about like what's the best way to interact with like this chief or this officer or whatever on this topic so you can kind of sell them on like look i don't think it's unimportant i appreciate that you want this done however i don't think i'm going to be able to get it done right now but it'll be a thing that i will get done as soon as i possibly can you know what i mean like there, there's got to be some diplomacy there where you have these conversations and you're just like i have and, and you can use your prioritized work list as a as a tool where you're saying, look, like this is where we're at. These are the things I'm tracking is absolutely have to get done. These, This is who I have assigned where I'm out of hands because it's one of those things like if I if somebody wants you to paint a bulkhead that is effectively irrelevant to mission accomplishment, it's just like it doesn't look good. And so somebody might like kind of furrow their brow as they walk by like the CEO or XO or something. Um, if you don't have the people to do it and chief via whoever walked by and furrowed their brow wants it done like yesterday because they don't want to hear it from that person again. It's like if you want it done and I have this prioritized work list of things that actually matter and I bring it to that person and have that diplomatic conversation like I'm not kicking their door in, standing on their desk and saying this is stupid and I'm not going to do it. Right. I'm not saying I've never done that in my life, but that's another story for another time. Uh, it doesn't always work. But you go and you have that conversation and you just say, look, like this is where we're at. I have these people detailed to these things. These are the things that are important, the most important. We're at a manning deficiency. So I'm doing the best that I can to, to tread water, blah, blah, blah. 
And if it's so damn important that that bulkhead gets painted, then that leader in that position wearing khakis to work should provide you with a solution. Okay, well, what do you what do you want me to blow up then? Like what? Because at some point the bird like the burden is not all on the LPO, right? This is where I will forever get into like the the chief that's in charge of that work center or department or whatever um, is the one that should be ultimately accountable for the work list and for the the who's doing what when and how kind of thing right because there there's always going to be pressure and it kind of circles back to the where everybody's got a boss and in this environment where the climate is at least stressed if not toxic and manning is is not doing anybody any favors and is making everything more difficult for everyone uh those chiefs are feeling that pain too whether you see it or not they're are being told that they're not doing enough. They're being pressed on getting all these things done that they don't have enough people to assign to get them done and don't have enough time in the day to get done. They're being scolded for not getting it done or not doing a good enough job or being told that they just need to figure it out and shut up and call her. And so the, the, the chiefs and the divos and the department heads are all getting punched in the face. I've been in the room for the face punch where the CO or the XO or whoever losing their mind because we're not doing more with less good enough you know like we're just not making magic happen figure it out this is what you get paid for blah 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 right like it it is happening i promise like if you're in if you're in the environment that's been described to me those people are feeling the pain too in one way or another right if they're going home before you first of all shame on them but second of all like i i can't I can't exactly tell you why that's happening, but I can tell you if if there's a Manning issue and the things aren't all getting done uh, in the way that they should, those people are feeling the strain. If they're doing a bad job of managing that stress, I mean, one, they're human, so like I give them a little bit of of grace, but two, it's like, look, like this is this is the job, right? This is this is Chief's job, and so like when when stuff like that would happen. In the environment uh, that I was functioning in and leading in, I was I was the one. If anybody was going to be in pain, it was me, right? And there were times for sure where the mission demanded a lot of my my people also, and I was always right there with them in pain. But if it was something where I could take the brunt of it and allow them to uh, go home a little bit earlier after a tough day or whatever, then that's what was going to happen. Um, like an example I give is like, uh, you know, like we were getting ready for deployment, going nuts, doing all these crazy things. And then out of nowhere, some genius, at, you know, like off the ship at like squadron or group or whoever, some flag officers like, you know what they need? A VIP tour. <laughs> so they all of a sudden, like the, the day before it was going to happen, it was like, oh, my God, field day of the ship, wax the decks, blah, blah, blah. And so, of course, you know, like for for CSs, it's always like, you know, like get everything waxed and clean and then, you know, make the wardroom all pretty and make snacks and all these other things. So uh, I was, you know, frustrated that it was a last minute thing. And like, why are they giving this to us? We've got so much to do, blah, blah, blah. But it was just like I had my guys make the snacks uh, and all the thing like stage stuff. And then I just sent them home and then I stayed and strip and wax decks until midnight and then crawled in my rack for like five hours and got up and just never left the boat and i remember the ship's duty officer uh saw me just like chief what are you doing and i was just like you know it was me or my juniors because this stupid vip tour is happening so it's like i'm not gonna make them suffer because some khaki in a building somewhere is bad at planning and just doesn't think about all of the the like the impact that a short fuse VIP tour is going to have on them. And then, you know, like maybe they found out last minute, maybe their boss dictated it to them. Who knows? So um, but the the, st- the moral of the story being that if if I could shield them from any of that, I did. And that's that's how I think that should happen the vast majority of the time. So if that's not happening, all I can do is is really say one, your chief should be doing those things. Um, the chief's mess should be the one plotting the course out of this uh scenario or at least through it right like 
where it, you know if there's a if there's a command wide manning problem everybody knows there's a command it's not a mystery to anybody even if even if they're treating it kind of like it's not happening and they're just demanding results from you know even though they understand there's a manning gap they they don't not know that there's a manning problem um they also don't not know that the command climate is not in great shape whether or not they're you know in denial or the triad isn't you know doesn't have the appetite to do anything about it for whatever reason I can't say specifically, but um, what I do know is that they are very aware that there's a manning problem. We have meetings about it. There's spreadsheets and charts and things, right? Um, they should be the ones, you know, like obviously they're doing it in concert with the, the wardroom, but the chief should be the one plotting the plotting the way through the problem of we have a manpower shortage. So what and how are we going to get all of the things done that are the actual priority for mission accomplishment and what things are we going to allow to slip knowingly with a plan later to pick up that slack when we do have the hands to do it and then go about notifying all of the pertinent people that hey we're going to be late with this report or hey we're not going to get all those cdbs done this month or hey like we're not going to do I don't know like motorcycle safety things or I I don't know like there's there's going to be something that falls off and you can it's very easy to just ask permission you know or the you know even the CEO can just make a an executive decision and then ask for forgiveness he has he or she has a lot of power uh, to do those sorts of things so there's a lot that could be done if it's not getting done that's a leadership failure um, and for what it's worth, um, I'm really sorry that that's that that's where you're at and that that is is how your uh, khaki leadership is functioning. Um, but again, I, it, 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 going back to like, what are some of the solutions, especially when you're looking at it from a junior perspective? Like, let's say we have a junior first class or, or a junior uh, LPO that's like a senior second. Right. That's new to the position. It's like you, you don't feel like you have much power especially if you have somebody wearing khakis whether it's a chief or an officer basically telling you that even though i'm aware of this manning gap even though that i'm aware of the cultural problems um even though you're brand new to the position figure it out like i don't want to hear you can't get it done i don't want to hear that um it's too much i don't want to hear that it's 1800 and i want to go home i don't want to hear any of those things just shut up and do what you're supposed to be doing right um, that's a catastrophic leadership failure number one and I loop back to the I'm sorry you, you're having to experience that that's not what should be happening um, but when if you find yourself in that position the best advice I have for you um, is control what you can control you you understand there to be a cultural problem of some kind or, or a climate issue of some kind that is hopefully going to uh, be fixed soon. Um, I think the manning gap going away, whether that's command wide or not, which I think it sounded like it was, but I'm not hundred percent sure based on what I was sent. Um, when that's relieved, I think the, some of the pressure and inevitably just some of the perceived climate or cultural problem should go away because stress is going to go down for, at least a work center or a department or whatever, if not the whole command, if, if it's a command wide problem. Um, but in the interim, you're, you're stuck in a really bad situation where it's just, it's a storm that you're trying to weather And in weathering that storm productively control what you can control, right? Prioritize your work list, execute on the things that are a legitimate priority that affect mission accomplishment um, whether that's the like so obviously the mission it would be at the top of the list and then you work your way down towards the things that are going to dramatically impact your juniors in a negative way and then the rest of it it either falls off with no repercussions it falls off with you having to have a conversation with somebody or it falls off with you having to take a, a little bit of a face punch it's 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 a it's a crap situation um there's a couple of pieces of advice uh, that you're probably not going to love if you've loved, <laughs> you probably haven't loved any of this to be fair, but um, 
but I want to just broach them just to see, you know, like I, sometimes people just don't think about it. Um, and if they do think about it, they they perceive like an inevitable like negative interaction um, if they were to do it. Right. So like where I'm going with this is um, wherever the friction point is like. So if you're a brand new LPO and you have a chief, if you think that chief sucks, a lot of junior sailors do. Um, if you think your chief sucks, most of the time, whether they have the tools to communicate it or uh, if they have the tools to like effectively lead you in a way that demonstrates it through through action or um, whatever, whether or not they're equipped to communicate it in a productive way or not, most of the time those chiefs have your best interest at heart. And I know a lot of times it's really hard to swallow that pill um, because, you know, leadership development and education in our military is extremely deficient. And that's why I do what I do. Right. Um, I I passionately believe that. But I've also um, had a lot of experience in rooms behind closed doors with new chiefs or inexperienced chiefs or both that, um, you know, they're burying their face in their hands or they're punching the wall or whatever because they can't figure out how to get their division to respond productively and do the things that need to get done and um, have higher morale and, and whatever. Like whatever the thing is that is causing them stress because they have a boss that's telling them that they're not doing their job well whether that's like Cobb or CMC or a department head or XO or CO, whatever. And when you have those conversations with them, a lot of the time they just don't understand how to productively communicate and motivate their people to go the direction we need to go and do the thing we need to do and prioritize the things that need to be prioritized and just kind of trim the fat on the things that really aren't that important. Cobb wants you to paint a bulkhead. CMC wants you to paint a bulkhead. Neat. I don't got time for that. And I I am the person wearing those anchors that's going to go tell CMC, I don't got time for that. And there's going to be times where he's going to say, shut up and paint it anyway. And it, the plot thickens. It gets better. There's going to be times where I just decide that that's not possible and I don't do it. And I take that face punch for not doing what he told me to do or she told me to do. Right. Not saying that that's the goal. I would love to paint that bulkhead for you, Cobb. But sometimes I'm just not going to do it. Um, and, you know, like obviously the majority of the time I want to go through that diplomatic conversational process where I convince them that, hey, I'll do it later, but I don't have time to do that right now. And maybe when you have those conversations and this is where I'm going with this um, is They'll be like, oh, okay. You know, I didn't understand you were in that situation. No worries. Or maybe he'll be like, oh, okay. Well, I can send you a couple extra sets of hands. Just to show them what I'm talking about, what needs to get done, and how to do it. And then they'll take care of it, right? There's a lot of ways those stories can end in, in, in a manner that you don't expect. And that's where I was going with that chief that the vast majority of the time genuinely cares about you, even if they're a garbage leader. Right. That you, they can be a good person that cares about you and a god awful leader at the exact same time. Those two things are allowed to and often do coexist <laughs> like it's pretty common. Um, it doesn't mean they're a terrible person. It doesn't mean they don't care about you. So uh, I would I would encourage you to overcome whatever fear you have of how that conversation could go off the rails and go sit down with that chief and say, hey, uh, here's what I'm tracking as the work list. Here's the things that I've prioritized and I think need to be done. And here's how I intend to manage the manpower to get them done. I don't see how I can accomplish all of this, even if I work 12 hours a day, six days a week or seven days a week or whatever. I'm I'm. I really do want to like, you know, get all the things done and accomplish the mission while still allowing for some morale and free time where people aren't working like crazy hours and, and doing all those things, which it sounds like some of the stuff, it was like people were just trying to do the right thing and get the things done, but they were 
they were starting to self-inflict the extended working hours in order to do that because they didn't want to deal with the repercussions. It's very similar concept to I don't I'm just not going to talk to chief about it because all he's going to do is flip out because that's what he does. That chief is probably under a lot of stress and probably getting told all kinds of things from their superiors like we discussed earlier. So the best thing you could do and the, and the thing that I recommend would recommend the most is sit down and have a conversation with them. Let them know like you're in the same boat, like you want nothing more than to support that chief in getting all the things done making sure that your division is on top of all the the mission requirements and the tasks that need to get done and whatever we can do for the command and blah, blah, blah. And this is the manpower I have. These are the tasks I prioritize. This is how I'm assigning people. I don't see how I can get it all done. Help, basically. Like, what can we do? Because what you'll find is, like, <laughs> shockingly, chiefs have egos, just like, Every other human being, you could argue that some of theirs are bigger than everyone else's uh, insert meme here, but they want to help you like that. Ask the chief, you know, like cringy catchphrase. It's like they want you to ask them for help. So if you come to them with that type of a problem and you ask for help, um, you might be surprised by the response that you get. One they might just respond to the ask for help and sit down and commence to mentoring you, right? Two, they might not even know you're struggling on the scale that you are, right? They might understand that, oh, yeah, they're a new LPO. They're having some troubles. It's, a, it, you know, growing pains, blah, 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 but they'll come around. But they might not know to the extent that you're having trouble and whether or not you think that chief cares I would still I would still challenge you to have that conversation because you're at, you're going to learn one way or the other. You're going to find out if that chief is there for you and cares and is willing to help if you if you, you know, go and say, look, I'm doing the best that I can, but I'm struggling really badly and I can't work 12 hours a day every day or 14 or 50, whatever, you know, whatever the case is. It's not sustainable. And then you're going to lose that person eventually because that's what happens. And now chief is down another person. It just exacerbates the problem. And that chief knows that and they don't want that to happen. So um, if you have that type of a conversation, it, it can be a lot more productive than you think, even if it's a, an abrasive person that uh, you don't think is is going to be very receptive to that conversation. They they might surprise you. Um, I've had a lot of conversations like that where I was I was expecting a negative response and I didn't get one and I was let down in the best possible way right where they responded produ productively and I, I got past a, a large obstacle or conflict that I thought was coming and, and got the relief that I needed um, and they, the other thing that could happen based on them not knowing those things is they could just start firing resources in your direction Right. They it may whether that's like training and knowledge and, and just resources you were unaware of or it's like bodies like people like sets of hands that you didn't know could be diverted or were available or whatever. Right. Um, there's a lot of creative things people can do. Like one of the things that and I'm not saying this is available to you, but it might be one of the things that we used to do when we would f have manning gaps in certain places is uh, there are mechanisms to ask for reservists. And just say, hey, I need help. Can we get temporary, you know, like three month, six month orders on a LS2? And it happened. And we would get a person in there just to like fill a gap um, and, and free up people to do other things. Right. So I highly, highly recommend having that conversation. OK, so let's keep working our way through this flow chart a little bit. Anticipate a response of I have the worst chief ever. They're toxic and they, I can't talk to them and they won't help me. Or I did talk to them and they just flipped out and told me to shut up and call her. Right. It happens. Um, what I would then encourage you to do is look around the room. Um, I'm willing to bet that even if the command is toxic and the climate is toxic, there's one person at the very least wearing khakis, but I bet you there's a chief in that command that you're like, oh, well, that's the cool one, right? That's the one that actually cares about sailors, right? So let's like just paint this picture of like you may, you, maybe you really are in like a really toxic command climate. 
Um, everything's on fire. These people are all terrible. It's like the it's like the evil empire, right? Um, but there's one somewhere that you can go to and ask for help and ask these questions and have this type of a conversation and just say, what do I do? Much like the conversation I had on the Mestex as a boot chief where I was just, I, I was, I was like, I, I get, when I get overwhelmed, my brain shuts down and I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. So I kind of just don't do anything when I get really good and overwhelmed. And it takes a lot nowadays to get me to that point. But I mean, I got that, I got to that place as a senior chief, um, I was doing a stores load. I've, I've talked about this at least once on the podcast where um, it was, I think it was the first time, first or second time um, I had ever loaded out for a deployment on a ballistic missile submarine. It's a different class of submarine I'd never been on. And um, while I understood the, the process in a perfect world, everything went wrong like everything went sideways the refrigerant plant ate itself so i couldn't load frozen and then they put the let back in so then i got our hand over hand it and then we birth shifted so now i gotta move the f- like every murphy's law was just eating eating my soul and for a good minute i mean i was i was adjusting and pivoting and juggling the flaming chainsaws without any of them like you know taking a limb off or something and then I remember when we had to, we call it hand over handing where you're literally passing one thing down at a time. And on a submarine, it's a nightmare because you, you're not passing down cases of things because we don't take cardboard, right? So like in a freezer on like a, you know, like a surface ship, it's just cases stacked up neatly in a freezer generally. Um, on a submarine, I got to like take everything out of the box. I got, no, I got nowhere to put that trash. And then I got to pack it all this, these loose things in and we pack the freezer to where when you open the door, it's just a wall of food. Like it's insanity. So you're passing literally like one log of meat down at a time or like one bag of cheese down at a time or whatever. So it takes forever. Um, and I remember, I mean, it was, uh, it was like 1130 at night and I like walked into the chief's quarters, which is, so we have our mess is like there's like a little lounge area and then it's birthing and I walked around the corner in a birthing just kind of like hide from everybody and I about I mean it was I mean what I nowadays I would equate to like an anxiety attack I was freaking I was just like overwhelmed and and freaking out and I was like but I was like I can't lose it I can't lose it right now I'm in the, I'm like in the middle of stuff I'm like so I'm like breathing and like get it together get it together you cannot fall apart right now you cannot I was saying it to myself out loud you cannot fall apart right now you cannot fall apart right now so I've been there I've been in that place as a senior chief um, it's it, it happens and it's you can't you can't be there all the time. You can't arrive at that place and, and fall apart and we can't lose you. So you have to find a way to manage this. And if you are uh, in a place where you can't talk to your chief about it and you think that the climate's so bad and the place is so bad and everything's on fire and everything's so horrible, find the one person that you can talk to. Seek that person out, whether inside or outside the command. I, I'm willing to bet there's one inside the command that you're like okay yeah I'll, I'll go talk to them and and i think they'll help me out and point me in the right direction or whatever but if not they're they're outside the command worst case scenario there's this dude that does this podcast that is more than willing to talk if if anybody ever needs it but um but there's somebody out there that is willing to have these conversations with you um and, and it's obviously it'll benefit if they're within your command so they kind of understand exactly what you need like i i don't I'm not a technical guy. So if like, or like, I'm definitely not mechanically inclined. So like if you're a, an A gang or somewhere, like I can talk you through leadership and management and certain other things. But it's like when we're, when we're talking about like the technical things you might need to, to do the things that you do, it's like, you know, start talking to me about 3M and all this other stuff. I mean, I haven't, you know, like I, I know some stuff about 3M, but it's been a hot minute and I'm not or like QA. I don't know anything like so it's like just don't uh, I can't help with those things like I so find somebody that can help you with those things. And I there is somebody there is. So seek that person out and have that conversation with them. Um, And I think you'll be surprised with what you find. Um, I've been in similar situations 
And uh, when I found that person, like uh, on one of my boats, it was the corpsman. Uh, Doc was just my, my chief was useless. Uh, Good person, just terrible chief. And I needed that type of that guidance. Like I needed somebody to mentor me. I needed somebody to tell me that I was doing it right or doing it wrong. And this is how you do this better. And then even when I, I, I later made chief and I stayed there, uh, he helped teach me how to be a better chief um, and would have the conversations and he would tell me the hard things and call me out on my, on my BS. Right. So um, definitely find that type of a person to help teach you all of the things that you need to do and hopefully help you find some resources to at least make it a little less painful. But, um, at the end of the day, I mean, this is, this isn't going to be fun. Uh, and it's definitely not going to be easy. It sounds like the, you're in this negative feedback loop where there's just all these things going wrong at the command that are going to make your job hard, no matter what relief will come, whether it's, through a PCS transfer or um, more manning or new leadership or a combination of a bunch of things. Um, But in the meantime, understand that uh, there are resources for you. Like you're not as a junior LPO, you should not be trying to handle this all by yourself ever. Talk to other LPOs, find the other senior LPOs that have been doing it for a while. Ask them about their processes, ask them for help. Um, talk to the the chief that that will have a productive conversation with you. If you haven't done it with your chief yet, I really, really encourage you to do it, even if you think it's going to go sideways. And then if it does go sideways, now you know, and go find someone else. Don't stop there. Don't shut down. Go find someone that is willing to have a productive conversation with you and is willing to help. Um, and and just keep asking and asking and asking until you find the resources that you need because they exist. I promise they're out there somewhere. They may be outside the lifelines of your command, but they exist. Um, and, and they're whether that you, you have to go find a, an, a rate in rate chief at a different command that's needs to come help you. So be it. I can't tell you the number of times that I've went to other commands and sat down with junior CSs because they couldn't find the mentorship that they needed inside the the skin of their building or ship or whatever. Um, so they contacted me. And in the day and age we live in with Skype and Zoom and freaking whatever, it's like, it's super simple. Like I, I had a CS1 that, well, she's now a CS1, um, needed help studying, couldn't find the resources that she needed locally. So we got on, I think it was Zoom or something to that effect. It might have been like a Facebook Messenger video call or something. And I got out a whiteboard and and we talked through a bunch of stuff for the advancement exam about three different times. Uh, and she got promoted. And it was something that, I, like, I'm more than willing to do it. And I, I know that there's somebody that's more than willing to help you. Um, so... I'm trying to think if there's anything I missed um, that I guess this is and this is probably like not probably this is definitely the most important piece of this do not let this beat you do not let this like defeat you and you can you can definitely interpret that as like a professional development thing but I'm talking to like the the person now, like I'm talking to the person. I'm not talking to the sailor anymore. You, you there's like the, the flavor of person you probably are is, is likely of a similar, uh, similar wiring than as me, right? Where I put the mission first. I put the Navy first. I put the command first. I always thought I could work harder and do more and, take on more and do better. And I always wanted to be the solution to the problem, right? I thought I was built different. I thought I just had broader shoulders than everyone else. Um, and I could handle it. That got me through like 19 years of a 21 year career. And then the wheels fell off the wagon. So maybe I was like, or maybe I'm just an idiot. Um, because I got to a point where, I mean, who knows why I got cancer, but I can tell you the 
anxiety, insomnia, depression, etc. The <laughs> SSRIs I'm taking right now, the therapy I've been doing for 18 months is a direct result of me being just as human as everyone else and not doing what I needed to do to uh, regulate like my output with my actual capacity right i i didn't understand what my capacity was um i did i mean i didn't think there was one so i just kept giving and giving and giving and giving until the wheels fell off the wagon um what i'm telling you is is you can't solve this problem by just not sleeping and working 18 hours a day seven days a week and never telling anyone there's a problem all that leads to is burnout and a bitter jaded sailor that is then going to very likely go down the rabbit hole of anxiety depression suicidal ideations all those things whether or not it it gets that acute i mean there's a very high likelihood will lose you to attrition if nothing else so what i would encourage you to do is is just understand that then like the workload is not more important than you right the the everybody likes to talk about mission first blah 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 the mission's always going to get done right if you get taken off the map today right if you let's say like something came up maybe you get medically disqualified maybe you i don't know all of a sudden that you're needed elsewhere or you win the lottery and get processed out of the navy whatever the world's going to keep spinning the Navy's going to keep happening. They're going to find a way. They're going to plug the gap. They'll find a set of hands somewhere. They'll do whatever they need to do. And the mission will get done. So you are not irreplaceable. But in that in that way, you're not like you're not disposable either. You're you need to prioritize you first at the top of that list every day that you write I mean, whether you write it or not is you and your quality of life, your mental health, your wellness, your sanity. Like, it's just you have to understand that at some point um, you need to pick you over the Navy. And I I'm just saying that I'm not saying you got to, like, throw your hands up and walk away. Like, don't take your ball and go home, but don't work 18 hours a day, seven days a week either. Like, you can't you're not going to be able to just outwork the problem. Um, there are th- work hard, do a good job, take it seriously, but do all the other things I talked about. And if you're still in this place where maybe your Manning's 50%, maybe you do have toxic leadership and a bad c- command culture and all those things. Right. And if that's even 50% true, there's no amount of output from you and only you that's going to solve that problem. So do the best that you can understand that these people that may or may not be telling you that you're not doing a good enough job. If they're telling you that instead of helping you like proactively address all of the problems, their their tune's not going to change by you working 12 hours a day, seven days a week, because the list is not going to end ever. You're never going to be able to do enough for garbage leadership to all of the sudden take a round turn and start praising you right like if it really is toxic you're not gonna you're not gonna outrun this problem so do what you know is right prioritize and execute on that list do what the mission requires but also do what you require right balance it um take care of yourself make sure you're getting enough sleep make sure you're you know, and, and we I understand as I'm saying these things, sometimes people can eye roll. I've done it. I'm not saying you're going to like you're always going to be well rested and and you're like quality of life is always going to be amazing. Sometimes the mission is going to demand a lot of you and you are gonna have to make sacrifices, but you can't do that forever. And you definitely can't do that on a scale where you're you're barely like you're leaving work when it's dark you're showing up when it's dark you're only going home to sleep and shower and then coming back to work and your whole life is work like that is unsustainable so don't paint yourself into that corner don't convince yourself that that's the answer because it's not it's it's a balance of 
yeah, work hard, do a good job. In this environment, you're probably going to have to work harder than normal, but that doesn't mean that you can put the whole thing on your back and somehow outrun a critical like undermanning problem and a toxic command climate and bad leadership and whatever the hell else is going on at this command. Um, It's not your problem to solve. Your job is to do the best you can to control what you can control within your sphere of influence. Um, Do the best you can for those junior sailors and uh, take care of yourself. You have a chief I would venture to guess you have a division officer, a department head, maybe some other people in between, an executive officer, a commanding officer, and a whole bunch of people above that all wearing khakis to work whose whose responsibility it is to make sure you have everything you need to do your job, right? It is my argument, I would say I would challenge anybody to, to, to convince me otherwise, that their only job, your chief's only job is to make sure that you have absolutely everything you need to be effective, to do your job. You're the one that does the mission and I'm the one that makes sure you have everything that you need to get the mission done. So if that's not happening, it's not your fault. It's not. It's, it's their fault. That's why they wear khakis to work, right? And, and I'm not saying that there's not a little bit of accountability and responsibility in a leading petty officer role for those types of things. But this, the things that are going on in this environment and at this command are not your fault. And if you've never heard that from anyone, Master Chief is telling you right now, it's not your fault. It's not your job to fix these things. It's your job to work within the constraints of the environment you're in with the tools that you're given to get the job done and your chief and leadership should be giving you those tools. And it doesn't sound like that that's happening effectively. And I'm not saying it's, you know, like I, I, I really like to drive the point home that I, I doubt it's malicious at least entirely. Um, I could be wrong about that. I'm just saying based on probability, um, it's probably not malicious on the part of those people, but it's still their fault. You see what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> in a human organization with with common human problems uh, and common organizational problems like undermanning and, and stuff like that. You, you this stuff, this stuff is going to happen. Um, and then, you know, as I always do, I loop back around to the leadership development and education problem. Like the like these leaders don't have the tools to do those things. They're not. They're not trained and qualified to do the job that they're charged with doing, which is why a lot of the time somebody that actually cares about you does this job so inefficiently. Um, I hope this helped. I I know this was a lot. I didn't think it was going to be an hour long, but um, it's a complex situation and it's it's one of those ones that feels impossible. It's going to feel like you're in quicksand and you're just thrashing around. Um, but you're not, and you're definitely not alone. Feel free to reach out to me directly. Um, I'm happy to help in any way that I can. I obviously, unless you happen to be a CS, which I know you're not like, I'm not going to tell any, everybody what you are, but, um, I, I can't help you with the technical things, but I might know somebody that can, um, I will do everything I can to help you with the leadership and management aspect of it. Um, I've been an LPO at sea. I've been an LPO shore. Like I, I, I'll do everything I can to point, point you to the right resources to help you with like the management and leadership aspects of it. Um, I've got hundreds of hours of podcasts that hopefully are useful in that department. But, uh, but yeah, I, I hope this is helpful. If it's not, if I didn't answer your question, if I didn't have enough detail to recognize what the real problem is, whatever, do not be afraid to reach out to me. Uh, and this, this goes for everybody. If you're, if you're in a, a, a parallel type situation at, at your command, uh, reach out, hit me up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast, or you can DM me on Instagram, Reddit, or discord at DGuts podcast. Uh, don't be shy. Hit us up. Let me know. Um, I'm happy to help in any way that I can. 
Uh, and I, I mean, whether that's a phone call or we can Skype, we can do whatever. Um, I can record a ridiculously long spin the yarn for you, uh, on your behalf or whatever. Uh, I'll do whatever I can. Um, but I'm happy to help. Uh, I decided to do this in podcast form just cause I, I knew it was going to be longer than, uh, I can answer in an email and I thought it might benefit other people besides just who it's directed at. So, uh, hopefully this was helpful. I know it was long. I know it's kind of complex and I know it's probably going to feel a little hopeless uh, at times, but you know, I mean, I could start pulling out cl- cliches at this point, but it's like, this isn't, this isn't going to be permanent. This isn't going to be a forever thing. And I promise you the, the, the more productively you can deal with this really hard, crappy situation, you're going to learn so much from this. I had a, an XO that on my first boat, I had a really hard time. Um, I had a, a leading MS at the time um, that I just didn't do a great job at dealing with it. Part of it was I was immature, never, you know, had a, I'd never done anything this hard in my life. Um, and I had a hard time dealing with this person, but he was also kind of bipolar psycho that like singled me out a lot. So I was having a really hard time and I had an XO just stare me in the face one day. And I still remember like it was yesterday. And he said, he goes, you know that you're going to be a better man because of this, right? Like, you know, you're going to come out of the other end of this much better, even though, you know, like basically the implication was like, look, I know this sucks, but you know, you're going to come out way better on the other end of this. And, And he's not wrong. A lot of the reasons why I am the leader that I am is because of the really crap experiences I went through. Um, with really bad leadership. And so that's the silver lining. Uh, I know a lot of, a lot of the things I've said are probably not what you were hoping to hear. Um, I wish I had a a silver bullet for this. Um, and I may, I may have more productive tools and feedback, uh, if provided more details. So like I said before, hit me up. Um, but yeah, my, long rambling spin the yarn is now complete (laughs) and that's it that's what i got for you today uh thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship